We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, let's move over to the defense. I think this is obviously a very intriguing matchup. <laughs> uh, there's one big we'll, – we'll talk about five specific things here, but there's one overarching theme of this, and that is that is a tremendous quarterback on the other yes. side of the field with a lot of talented weapons. You've got to figure out ways to just keep them from just really going off. Understanding that they're going to get theirs at times, but you just like Ohio State got theirs. They, they hit their big plays, sure. but you cannot let them just kind of go off. And so all of our keys are going to be built around that one premise of you just can't let these dudes take this game over. You just can't. Yeah, you can't let their stars be stars, frankly, right? right? Because if they are, it's going to be a very high-scoring game, and Notre Dame's not going to be able to match a high-scoring game, I don't think. I, I mean, I'm just being realistic here, right? We just got done talking about the offense and, and what they can do and what we hope they can do and what they need to do. I just don't see a shootout working out in Notre Dame's favor. Okay. So you can't allow USC to just throw the ball all over the yard and you can't allow their run game to, to, to be complimentary of their pass game and be effective. You have to shut down their dudes and their biggest and their best dude is Caleb Williams period. I mean, all five of our keys are going to talk basically about containing Caleb Williams, right? I mean, that was my my number one key was you have to contain Caleb Williams. And you have to. He is the cog in the machine that is the USC offense. If you can somehow slow him down, you're not going to be able to stop him. You can't. You're not going to be able to stop him. You have to contain him. You can't let him do some of the things that he did against UCLA. I'm sure we all watched the UCLA-USC game because Notre Dame's game was earlier. We were all watching it, right? There were times where he should have been sacked by UCLA. He should have been. And he got out of it. He got outside the pocket. He kept his eyes down the field. And he just, I mean, it's like there's a rocket on his shoulder. And all of a sudden, the ball is there. And it's right on the money. And it's not just a first down, but it's a big play. You you cannot allow him to do that. Just as, and, and at the same time, you can't allow him just to sit in the pocket and pick you apart. It's sometimes easier said than done, obviously. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into the specifics of this one, Vince. I think the first the first one is, you know, some we try to avoid the obvious ones, but sometimes it's like it's just <laughs> I mean, it it has to they have to dominate up front. Yes. They have to. Now this is a this is a quality USC offense. I I think USC's offensive line being in the in the Joe Moore Award finalist thing is like that's absurd. Like they're not one of the nine best offensive lines not in college football. Chance. But they're not much terribly. better than they were last year. They're not Boston College, right? They're well, much to... better than right. They're much better. They're very they're very sound, right? They're well coached. They're just not super talented. They don't have a Blake Fisher. They don't have a Joe Alt. Right. They don't have a future top ten NFL draft pick. They're very old, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Very experienced unit, yeah. with the exception of uh, number seventy six, the left tackle, who will rotate in at left tackle. He's a redshirt freshman. Brett Nealon, I think, is a sixth-year guy. Uh, Andrew Voorhees, I believe, is a sixth-year guy. Justin Diedrich is a is a veteran player. So they're 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 going. Jonah Monheim, I think, is a third-year player. So it's a very experienced group, and they're very sound. They're not dominant. They're just sound. Notre Dame has to dominate. You get Jason Adamiola back. You know this is this is his last regular season game. This is Justin's last regular season game. This is Isaiah Foskey. This could be Isaiah Foskey's last game in their name uniform. It, it may be. Yeah, you don't playing, know. you know, playing out west and you know in his home state. If they don't like the defensive line has been really good at times. Like, I mean, overwhelming people at times. And then at other times they've been where are they? Right? This can't be one of those games. Right. If Notre Dame's defensive line doesn't have a day. I don't see Notre Dame winning this game unless the offense just plays out of its mind for Notre Dame. Right. I really don't. So that's key number one, Vince. And what does that mean? It means getting USC out of sync. You're penetrating. You're blowing up the run game. You're not letting them get the run game going. You know, not letting them be balanced, having early down success, you know, getting stops behind the line of scrimmage, getting stuffs at the line of scrimmage. You know, when they're trying to run their stuff, you're stopping them for two yard gains, getting them behind the sticks getting consistent pressure on Caleb Williams, not three sacks because three sacks don't necessarily mean anything, but just consistent pressure. And I'm going to tie points one and two a little bit together for part of this. And then we'll focus more on the other aspects of point two, but key number two is you got to tackle well, and we'll Mm -hmm. get to what that means for the perimeter players here in a minute. But I'm watching this UCLA game and, and it happened against Arizona state. And it happened against a lot of teams where you got, you got Caleb Williams dead to rights. I mean, just, a free runner and he hit him 
and he just bounces off and he gets out and he just runs for 15 yards or he gets a throw off. And Notre Dame has had that problem at times, allowing quarterbacks to do that. When this defense has really been at its best, it's hitting the quarterback and it's bringing them down. The way to do that is you've got to – it's numbers. Because what was happening against UCLA is he would bounce off one guy and then there was nobody else there. Right. It's right. got to be one where he avoids Isaiah Foskey and then, bam, Justin Adamiola is hitting him in the chest. Or Riley Mills is right there. Or Jason Adamiola is right or there. Howard or Cross. Howard Cross yeah. <laughs> or Howard Cross is penetrating him. Right. He's got to spin out and he spins out right into Isaiah Foskey. Right. It's got to be numbers. You've got to overwhelm him with numbers. Because his want him against any of your D linemen in space is going to be a win for USC. But him against three of your dudes in the backfield is a win for Notre Dame. And that's going to be the key. And to yeah. the point where, you know, we talk about the way what they did to Drake May early in the game, first drive, they lost they they no pass rush integrity, no right. pass rush lane integrity. He runs for like 30 some yards in that drive, leads them down the field. They get, get a touchdown, a fourth, fourth and down, fourth down touchdown. You're like, oh boy. After exactly. Here we go again. <laughs> Cause you just watch yeah. Jack Plummer run on him. Right. And you're like, this is going to be. Here we ugly. go. Yeah. And then after that, they settle down. Great pass rush integrity without losing. Because here's the thing: you can, some teams will will lose pass rushing ability to keep contain. If you just let him sit comfortably in the pocket, he will rip you up. Yes, right. Other yes. quarterbacks, we've said, look, look, keep DJ. We wanted to keep him in the pocket. He can't right. beat you sitting in the pocket, right? Yep. Uh, Emmett Moorhead wasn't going to necessarily beat you sitting in the pocket. Other, this kid can. So you've got to pressure him, get him on his heels. But then also, n- not let him take off because you were too aggressive. That's a hard line to to, to sway some sorry, to play sometimes. But it's got to be done. So the D line's got to dominate the run game first, and then that's got to lead to the second part of it, which is consistent pressure on Caleb Williams against an offensive line that doesn't consistently give up a lot of pressure. Now, right. is that because the Pac-12 defenses aren't good, or are they that good? We're gonna find out on Saturday. Right. Well, yeah, and it's also it's the fact key. it's also the fact that Caleb Williams gets the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. I mean, at he, times, you know at what times, I mean. I mean, th- I'm, times. Just, I'm just saying that helps the offensive line stats because sure. they got a good quarterback they're protecting, right? I mean, he makes their job a little easier at, at times. times. Here's right. here's the interesting thing about the USC offense. There's stuff where he's catching and getting it out. That's the RPO stuff, the perimeter screen stuff. But a lot of their vertical passing game takes time to develop. Sure. You know, so you look at when you when US, UCLA went up. I think it was seven nothing. They came out and ran a play, and he was able to kind of slide step. There was nobody there, and then they ran just like this deep corner route that took time to develop, and he just throws a gorgeous ball because you're not going to cover these kids all day. You're not, and and so he was able to get the ball out. What you can't allow to happen is you can't allow them to kind of come out in the, into these kind of situations and say he's going to sit back in the pocket. And they run a lot of downfield stuff. They run a lot of deep in cuts, deep over routes, you know, a lot of things where they'll do a lot of level stuff, right? That takes time to develop. It's those throws that you can't let him have success on, right? And then that leads into point two, the quick stuff, right? When you get into point number two, the quick stuff, you got to tackle. And they did a great job of that on Saturday against Boston College, against Zay Flowers who to me is every bit as good as anybody that BC has or USC has. Now the difference is USC has like three of him on the field at the same time, a lot of times, right? So you've got to tackle in space, got to tackle the running backs in space. You can't free like, teams will just kind of bail cover events in the pack 12. And then Lincoln Riley says, okay, if you're going to drop eight, I'm just going to come about the next play, have Caleb stare right down the middle of the field, turn right, throw a swing pass to Austin Jones. And there's nobody there. 
the easiest 15 yards you're ever going to get. So there's got to be a level of discipline, but at the same time, Vince, it's got to be a situation where those kids are going to get in space on you with the RPOs and the quick game. You got to bring them down. You got to bring them down. If you don't tackle in space or if you let Jordan Addison catch a slant route and then he makes two guys miss and next thing you right. know it's a 30-yard game, they're going to beat you. Or at least they're going to score a lot. That's another key. So tackling him in the backfield, but then when he does get the ball out, to your point, Vince, on the quick game, the RPOs, the the screens, you've got to tackle on space and let a six-yard catch be a six-yard gain. That's let it. a 12-yard catch be a 12-yard gain. Let a minus two-yard catch be a minus two-yard gain. Right. You do that, then you're going to have a shot. And I will say that Notre Dame in the last three games has done a good job on their perimeter tackling. That's one of the things that I think a lot of the offensive coordinators have looked at Notre Dame and thought, this is a place where we can take advantage of Notre Dame. Well, in the Clemson game, not so much. Navy, they didn't hurt Notre Dame on the outside. And then last week against Boston College, Notre Dame just dominated in the open field. They have to continue that. They have to. Because – USC's got some guys that are good in space. Yeah, and they a lot to, of dudes. They have to be yeah. able to tackle in space. And to your point, they need to tackle Caleb Williams when they get their hands on him. And I just want to add a little bit to point number one about the D-line. They have to be able – you know, look, Golden's going to bring pressure. He's proven that over the last few games. Like that, you know, he's going to bring pressure from all he's, over the place. Yes, exactly. He's going to bring pressure, right? Whether we like it or not. Yeah, right. It's going well, to come. Fair enough. <laughs> But there also has to be times where Notre Dame has to be able to get pressure on Williams with four. Yeah. They, they right. have to. With the front four, the front four has to put pressure on, right? And whether that's maybe three linemen, one linebacker, or whatever, you've got to be able to get pressure with four. Vince, I, I know it's been a while, but you know what the mantra is in regards to this. What's that? Right? Well, you and I have said this a million times. You need to be you need to be able to in a situation where Golden's blitzing because he wants to, not because he has to. Yes, hundred percent, absolutely, absolutely. And I like a lot of the pressures that he brings. Sometimes not so much, but most of the time, I like that he's bringing some different areas. And there's some guys that are better when they're being triggered, you know, and all of that. We've talked about that a million times, right? But mm -hmm. they have they have to get pressure, and when they do, they have to bring guys down. You have to, you have to. Period. You can't. Mm -hmm. no, if he's bouncing off guys, we're in trouble. Notre Dame is in trouble yeah. if Caleb Williams is bouncing off guys. Big time. And if Jordan Addison and Mario Williams are yes. making people miss in space. 100%. Yes. Yep. Could not agree more. And that, that leads into three, point number three, too, Vince, is a, a, very, a big key to this is you've got to be disciplined. Mm -hmm. This is – Ryan asked me a question early, and, and I didn't realize he and I had this difference of opinion, but he asked me – it's kind of different. He asked me what I'd rather break down the triple option or break down Mike Leach's offense. And I was like, definitely Mike Leach's offense. And I, I rather enjoy watching air raid offenses. I'm not an air raid guy myself. But a good air raid offense is fun to watch. And I think, and I said this to him, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. This is my favorite version of the air raid because it is, it's, it's more balanced. It's, you know, they'll run the ball. They care more about being balanced and those type of things. But when I look at it, man, they've got some really interesting scheme. They do some really interesting stuff to scheme people up. You know, they'll run like a, a buck sweep action away with a screen coming backside and, they do some really intriguing stuff that requires you to be disciplined. Yeah. And they're going to do things to to jack with your eyes, to to jack with your read, to make you think this is coming. But when in reality, they want you to think that's coming. They want you to react to that because they've got something that they want to throw behind you. You know, so you can't give them cheap yards. Make them, Vince, they're going to get yards. They're going to yes. get points. But I think you said it earlier, too. When we were talking about, I think when we were talking about the offense, I think you said this about their deep, their offense because we were kind of 
how the, the Notre Dame offense and can help their defense is you've got to make them earn every yard and every point they get. Mm-hmm. And you can't give them cheap stuff because if you right. make them run more plays, eventually you can get them into a mistake. Maybe it's not a turnover because they don't turn a ball over a lot, but it can be incompletions, batted balls, fumbles, you know, tackles for loss where, you know, they're moving. Perfect example. Remember the Oklahoma game in 2012? And nobody thought Notre Dame could stop that offense, right? In the beginning of the game, Oklahoma kind of went right down the field, but it was all, you know, five yards, 12 yards, 13, six, two, 12. And they had to run a lot of plays. And they started moving. They got into Notre Dame territory, kind of gotten deep. And then what happened? Snap goes over uh, uh, Landry Jones's head. Big loss, drive over. But the reason why that happened is because you say, well, they caught a break. Yeah, they caught a break because they kept making USC or Oklahoma run a ton of plays. And this is pre-Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, yeah. right? This is back in 2012. Right. But the point is, when you're playing an offense like this, the more plays you make them run, the more opportunity there is, Vince, for there to be a mistake, especially a team that throws the ball this much. Uh, you know, I think of to 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 go to a former USC quarterback. We're watching the Pitt West Virginia game in the opener, and JT Daniels throws this gorgeous ball deep in cut, hits his receiver right in the hands, goes flying up in the air. The Pitt kid picks it off and runs it back for a touchdown. Right. It's like the quarterback did everything right. They made a mistake and you made them pay for it. But, it, you know, so the more plays you run, the more odds that something like that happens. It drops a ball. You make that one, you know, there, there's all types of things that can happen. So you've got to make them run plays, yes. run plays, <laughs> run plays, make them earn every point and every yard. It's going to be key. No doubt. And like you said, the more the more opportunities you have to make a mistake, the more chances you have of making a mistake. And Notre Dame can't give up a big play. You, you can't let them run by you and, and just give up a bomb. You can't let a short pass turn into a huge gain. I mean, to a degree, and somebody said this in the chat earlier, you have to play the field position game. I, I mean, that's not wrong. I mean, that there is something to that. And, you know, I, I kind of have like, an you know, your, your special teams has to be special too. And I know we're, there's a chance that we'll get into that a little bit later. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for once at Notre Dame, we can say that, and that's a legitimate key, right? I mean, <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. But you're, you're absolutely right, Brian. You need to make USC earn everything that they get because they're going to score. They're going to get yards. The box score the next day may not be pretty from a defensive standpoint for Notre Dame. As long as the score is what Notre Dame wants. Somebody okay. somebody in the show earlier asked if Notre Dame should implement the plan that Michigan had against Ohio State last year. And and the response we had was like, well, I mean, there's certain aspects of it that, you know, philo- philosophically, you know, control the clock and all that. But you just nailed a great point, Vince, because if you look at the box score last year, Ohio State threw for 394 yards. They had 458 yards of total offense. They scored 27 points. Right. But Ryan's point was they made Ohio State – like it was not easy yards for Ohio State. And then by making them run a bunch of plays, because they they ran 79 plays in that game, and they don't normally run that many. You know, they had 86 the week before against Michigan because Michigan State – because Michigan State can't give them the ball back. But they're like 69, 68, 69, 71, 64, 61, 66, 48 – and so you, they were hard-earned numbers. Right. And so they got their 27, but it was an inefficient 27. 
and their yards per play in that game was 5.8. Well, the two games before, they were 9, 7, and 6, and then in the Rose Bowl against Utah, they were 10.2, right? I mean, so make them earn it. Make them earn those yards. Yep. And if you do that, then you have a chance to keep the points down enough to give your own offense a chance to go make a play. Yeah. And that's where discipline comes from. That was the whole point is be disciplined. Don't give them cheap scores. Absolutely. Don't give them the 25-yard gain because you got out leveraged or because you hit the wrong gap fit or you didn't have your coverage correct or you didn't communicate correctly or you missed a tackle or, you know, you keyed too hard on something. I mean, play within the system. And, and, and then when you get a chance to make a play, make a play. That's yeah. going to be the key. Yeah. That's going to be the key. Point number four, Vince, is protect the edges. This kind of ties in a little bit to the tackling thing, but sure. also bigger picture schematically. You want to funnel everything back inside of the middle, and that's going to be a key. Even, even the pass game to a degree. USC likes to throw the ball over the middle, but if you can get into a situation where you're not letting them really do well getting those bubble screens outside and the now screens like outside the pocket – you know, where the, the tunnel screens where they like to throw wide and they cut inside, but they like to cut inside and then get back outside. Right. Immediately. Right. right. Yeah. And and so what you need to do is like you need to funnel everything back inside. You know, when they're trying to run off the edge, you got to set the edge hard yeah. and funnel that thing back into your linebackers. When they're trying to run screens, you got to funnel them suckers back into your linebackers and your safeties. When they're trying to throw the ball outside, don't let them hit those plays outside. Make them throw it over the middle because that's where you can get your own tipped balls and Yes. You know, things like that. And a lot of their inside routes over the middle take more time to develop, right? It's the outside quick hitters that can cause you problems. The stuff where you're going to throw over top of people, or he hits his drop and he bangs that corner out of that out cut over top of somebody. Make him throw the lower percentage passes, the, the longer time-consuming routes. To, but you only do that because you've taken away the edge, the quick edge stuff, where he's got to now read down the field because yeah. then that gives your pass rush a chance, a chance. Right to make an impact on the game, but if he's if he's just if they're just if he's able to come out there and that RPO game is rolling, it's going to be a long day for Notre Dame. Yeah, no doubt. And I and I will say, um, if you would ask me this question a month ago, if Notre Dame can control the perimeter, I would have been like, you know, I'm not so sure. Right, I, I'm not so sure because we, they've had a lot of issues out there. The last three weeks have changed my mind. Right, I think they have an opportunity to be successful out there. Now, Cam Hart being questionable. Right, that those are the head coach's words. Him being questionable, that worries me a little bit because I think yeah. he's been really, really good at tackling in space and preventing some of those big plays. Right, so that 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 worries me a little bit. I hope he's okay, but the questionable part, somebody's gonna have to step up there because Benjamin Morrison has been really good in space. Cam Hart's been really, really good in space. I think Tariq Bracy has been really, really good in space. There's gonna have to be another guy, whether that's Clarence Lewis, whether that's Mickey somebody's going to have to step up and be really, really good in space for that to be a check in Notre Dame's direction for controlling the perimeter. It's going to have to be. Somebody's going to have to step up. So if we're talking about somebody having a good game in the post-game show, in the open field that we weren't expecting, that's a check in Notre Dame's direction for sure. So let's go to point number five, Vince, and this is a big one. Frustrate the quarterback. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about I love about Caleb Williams is he's a very emotional football player. As a fan, I enjoy that. That's kind of how Tim Tebow was, a very emotional football player. But as a young guy, that can get you into trouble a little bit. Sure. If And you started to see it a little bit against UCLA early. He settled down. But USC's, UCLA's defense was not good enough to keep that going. 
you've got to frustrate him by mixing up your looks. Frustrating him means emotionally frustrating him and then mentally frustrating right. him. Right. And so showing certain looks. Now, this is where you need to take advantage of him being young. That is definitely something that you can you can you know try to do is there's try to bait him into a throw. Hey, he re- against this look, he really likes banging this route. So let's give him that look. Maybe we'll even let him throw it the first time. <laughs> but the next time, we're going to take J.D. Bertrand at the snap and just turn him and run him underneath that route because mm-hmm. we know the ball's coming, right? Uh, show this look. Hey, we're bringing pressure here. They bail. We bring a corner fire over here, something like that, right? Like where you get him guessing. And when he starts having mistakes or others around him start having mistakes, he gets really frustrated, Yeah, like visibly frustrated, right? And he started to do that against UCLA, and they couldn't capitalize. They let him go right back down the field the next time and scored. It settled him down. You have to make sure that you force then another mistake and another mistake and another mistake because he is still young. And and this isn't an, an, a criticism of him. It's just an observation that he can get a little frustrated. And you need to do that with him mentally and emotionally get him frustrated. And that'll be a great learning lesson for him. But I think that's going to be a key for me, Vince, is to not ra- it's not rattle him because I don't think you can rattle Caleb Williams. I mean, I, and he's that's, a pretty tough kid. That was going to be a little bit of my pushback. Yeah. Not pushback. That's not yeah. the right word. It's not rattle him. I was I was actually impressed, especially in the second half, how he. I mean, he kept Settled it back. all. I mean, he oh. was. I was actually very very impressed yeah. by that, and almost a little frustrated uh, as yeah. I was watching as a as an analyst and as a fan of the team that he's going to play the following week. It was like, man. This kid has a good head right. on his shoulders. Yeah. So if they are able to do that to him, if they yeah. are able to frustrate him, if they are able to make to kind of force him into making some mental mistakes, right? right. Then that's a huge right. win for this defense. Because I feel like Vince, he tries to put everything on his own shoulders. Yes. Right. And and that soup everybody calls him Superman, and I think he takes that to heart. Sure. And this is what I'm talking about when I say he's an emotional kid. I'm not talking about emotionally immature. I'm not talking about emotional, like he goes and throws hissy fits on us. I'm saying like he gets really ticked off at himself, at those around him if they make mistakes, and he doesn't always handle it well. UCLA let him get back in a groove. Right. Notre Dame can't. Because as you said, Vince, he's a a mentally strong kid. You're not going to rattle him. You're not going to get him uh, afraid of you or he's getting hit a bunch of times, and so he starts getting a little shy of getting hit. Nope. He, you know, that's nope. that is not Caleb Williams. He, you right. hit him, he's gonna, he's like that kid. Okay, next time I get the ball in space, I'm running you over because you hit me last time. Like, that's just how he strikes me, right? And you want a kid like that on your sideline, but if you're Notre Dame, because he's young still, you need to kind of use that to your advantage by doing things that mentally and emotionally frustrate him a little bit, yeah. and then he'll learn from it, you know. I mean, yeah. and like. My favorite quarterback of all time, John Elway, would that happen? That kind of hurt him early in his career. He'd just kind of get ticked off about how things were going, and then he would try to force a pass, mm-hmm. right? Like you stop him a couple times, and then he's like, dang it, I got to go out and make a play. I'm ticked off that I missed that throw, so then I'm going to try to thread this one in between three guys. That's when you need to capitalize, yeah, right? Absolutely. It, or the, get him, getting him into those situations. I want to make right. sure people understand. I'm not talking about rattling Caleb Williams. I'm not talking about getting him to quit or things like 2017. I'm talking about 
frustrating him because when he gets frustrated, he's more prone to mistakes, Vince. And that's what led to the interception, right? I feel like he was trying to make a play. Yeah. Right. Cause he, they, they had gotten stopped on fourth decision. down. They missed the field goal. He was visibly yeah. frustrated and he goes out that next series and he tries to force a play and he goes outside the system trying to force a play and he gets picked off. Right. Right. And those are the things I'm talking about because he sure. is still young. You can take advantage of it now. Cause he won't be that way, you know, down the road. Cause he's going to have even more experience under sure. his belt. Those are my well, keys. And, and, and Ben in the chat says, you know, and I'll, I'll pull it up here because I think it's apropos, right? He mm-hmm. says, I think when he gets frustrated is when he breaks off a big run and quote unquote does it himself. Right. I agree with you 100%, right. Ben, which is what Notre Dame can't allow him to do. Right. You, you can't allow him to get that big play. Right. And that's why we did himself. this one last. Right. That's why we had, you know, dominate up front, be disciplined, tackle well, protect the, all that stuff leads to this last thing because if you're doing what you need to do, those run lanes aren't there. Exactly. Because because that, but the second part of what Ben said is what I'm talking about. He's going to have this fine, I'll do it myself mentality. Right. 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 It's kind of like, you know, we love to use movie co- things when you and I are doing shows together. It's kind of like, uh, what was, what was the Avenger? I forget the Avengers movie. Was it in, was it uh, Ultron, Age of Ultron or at the end where Thanos is kind of like, fine, I'll do it myself. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, oh, it's kind of how Caleb is, right? Because he's, he does have supreme confidence in his ability which is what exactly what you want from a great quarterback. Absolutely. You want that. For good reason. But you can also that. use that to your advantage defensively if you can frustrate him. And I right. think that's going to be a key to this game. Absolutely. In my opinion. Yep. Keep so. him frustrated, make him make mistakes. I mean, period. Last one. Special teams. Yeah. Obviously, the the overarching, the 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 we're gonna use the loose emoji lessons of special teams do no harm is obviously key number one don't you got it if you get a field goal attempt make it you know don't shank any punts don't give up long returns don't get yourself pinned because you made a mistake by not fielding a punt or you know uh, trying to take it out four yards deep from the end zone fumble a punt you know fumbling a punt right play right can't do that can't have those right Right. but i also think this is a game where you got to try and make a play Right where if you if they kick it to you and you catch it at the five, man, like this the kick return unit. I feel like whenever they have had a chance to return it, it's like they're not mentally prepared to return it because they're <laughs> right. so used to it just getting often. kicked out of bounds. Yeah, they've this is a game where Coach Mason needs to make sure his team knows, guys, you need to be locked in every time the ball is kicked because we're going to get a chance to break one. We're going to get one chance to break one. Right where the the kick goes where we need it. The, the they make a mistake. We're and, and all we need to do is give Chris Tyree that initial crease. Crease. Give him that crease. Bye bye. And and that's the key, right? And so, uh, you got to make a play. You know, yeah. block a punt, or or because you go after them, you force their punter to shank one or to kick a line drive that your right. returner can then, you know, can then go. Because let's say you have a big return where you get it out to midfield so the next time their kicker's a little gun shy and he kicks it out of bounds and you're getting the ball to 35, right? Like those are the different things that can be the difference in this game. Those hidden yards that come from special teams, make them go 80-plus yards every time they get the football, right? Make and then give your offense shorter fields. Those are the things that how how can you neutralize this game where your offense is here and their offense is here? Okay, it's the special teams where they got to go 80 yards every time against our defense, and we only got to go 50 yards every time against their defense. 
Now, all of a sudden, you're on a much more level playing field, and those are going to be keys to this game. You know, Brian Mason's had a phenomenal year as a special teams coach. This is kind of that big game moment where he needs to step up, and they've he's done that so far, right? This is the final chance of that, of the regular season, where, you know, they got to find a weakness. You got to find a weakness in the special teams and exploit it. You know, whether it's a fake punt, because USC tends to, at times, maybe take off running a little too early on punts, I'm just saying. Um, you know, time <laughs> where maybe they get a little bit teams too scouting. aggressive on the backside, so you yeah. kind of have a reverse on a kick return. You know, something like that, where you kind of take advantage of those opportunities. You're going to get a chance to make a play on special teams in this game. you got to make it, and, yes. and that's going to be a big key. That's going to be a big key. And, you know, you could tie in the defense. Like, if the defense can force them into more field goal opportunities – and not as many touchdown opportunities, sure. which right. is something this defense hasn't done a whole lot of this year. You know, maybe True. get a chance to, to block one or something like that. You know, uh, those are those are always key, very important parts of this as well. So the special teams is going to have their chance to make an impact in this game. And when they do, they got to make it and they got to take advantage. That's going to be a big key. Yeah. I feel I feel like during the postgame show, if we're talking about a Notre Dame victory, one of the things we're going to be talking about is special teams. Right. Right. I just that has been, you know, we talked about Notre Dame has to be who they are. Well, a big play in special teams, whether it's a block, whether it's a return, whether it's, you know, the punter continuously punting inside, you know, pinning them inside the 10 yard line. We're going to be talking about special teams because it's not just a do no harm special teams unit with Brian Mason at the helm. This is a special teams unit that is going to make plays. And in a game like this, you need all three units to make plays. And if Notre Dame is going to win this game, then the special teams are going to make a play. Right. Whatever it happens to be. Maybe it's multiple. I don't know. I mean, be, I'd take it. But me too. Are you kidding me? If, <laughs> look, listen, if you're going to join us at 7 o'clock on Saturday night and we're going to watch this game together and we're going to do all the fun stuff, right? If if you want to see me go bananas, have Chris Tyree return a kick. Right. You know what I mean? Like, have them block a punt. Like, I right. will go but absolutely bananas at that point because – those are tide turning plays, right. and that's what Notre Dame needs when they're on the road in a game that they're an underdog, and nobody expects them to win except us and the people in the chat. Minus Roger Dodger, love the <laughs> man, appreciate that. But those are the ones, man. Those are the ones, and so right. it's going to be fun. I'm super excited about this game, man. Super excited because if this game becomes Notre Dame's offense against USC's offense, Notre Dame's going to lose. Yes, agreed. If this game becomes Notre Dame's offense and Notre Dame's defense and Notre Dame's special teams against USC's offense, that's how Notre Dame wins, right? That's how they win because they made plays on defense, they made plays on special teams, and then the offense did its thing, right? And, and what I mean by that is, like, I'm going to have an article coming out tomorrow, you know, where Notre Dame has tied a record, I believe a school record of uh, straight games with 35-plus points. And like Joel Klatt said something in that Colin Cowherd thing, and he was right. I, I didn't even really think about it because just the way that they play. But he said, you know, Notre Dame in, in their last six games is scoring 40 points a game. And I'm thinking, that's not right. So I'm going to do exactly what I did now. So hold on a second. No, it's their last five games. I said, that can't be right. And so it's like, okay, 41 against UNLV, 41 against Syracuse, 35 against Clemson, 35 against Navy, 44 against Boston College. Wow. They're scoring 39.8 points per game. He's rounding up for the sake of the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that surprises me. Yeah, but the reason like it surprises it. you because you don't think their offense is a 40-point-per-game offense. Correct. But then you look at it and you're thinking, okay, 
you know, they scored 21 points against Clemson offensively. Uh, one of those was off an 11 yard drive and they got a pump block for touchdown and a pick six. Right. They scored 35 points. It just didn't feel right. like the offense did that, right. which is, which is a compliment. Yes. Look at the Syracuse game. The offense was solid, but they weren't great. Right. This, but you this, had a, you yeah. had a pick six, you blocked a punt that gave you the ball at the two yard line. And right. you had another shanked punt that got you in field goal range. Like as soon as you got the ball, basically you need like one first down to be in field goal range. You know, like it's those kind of things where all of a sudden your offense doesn't have to go for 450 yards and 40 points. Right. And I think that's what's made Notre Dame so good, Vince. It's like the UNLV game. The offense played pretty average in the first half against UNLV, like maybe even below average. They scored 30 points. Why? Because they're like four possessions that started inside the UNLV 40-yard line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're going to score a lot of points when you get the ball and you have to go 30, 40 yards every time. And so those are the things where you look at and say, yeah, that's that's why they're so good. And the point of the article is they're scoring 40 points a game right now because of they're playing great team football. Right. And right. that's exactly. the key. And that's the key. Yeah, right. 100%. Because this offense by itself is not a 40-point-a-game offense. It's, and anybody who says that it is is nuts. They're, they're just not. But they've taken advantage of what the other parts of this team have given them to score those points, right? And obviously the defense has put points on the board. The, the special teams has put points on the board. It's been a lot of fun to watch. And this, this game is going to be fun to watch, period. Like, I'm really looking forward to this game because this is the first time in a long time that I have felt like all three phases of the game are phases of the game that can not only not just do no harm, but be really, really good at times and can also score points at times. I haven't felt that way in a really, really long time. And so watching this game and what I'm anticipating and what I'm expecting from this Notre Dame team is I'm expecting the offense to be better than average because I think that's all that they need to be. Don't turn the ball over. The defense is going to be able to do their thing. They're going to hopefully frustrate Caleb Williams to a degree. They're going to be able to stop the run. USC is going to put up points. They're going to get yards. That's going to happen. And the special teams is going to be special. If those three things happen, we're going to have a great postgame show, Brian. We're going to have a great postgame show. Absolutely. It's not going to be easy. It's possible. It's not going to be easy. Absolutely. Right? We, this is we a have really now- good USC is a much path. better football team than I thought they're going to be this year. I agree. And and it, it would be it would be too it would be lazy to say, "Oh, it's because the schedule ended up not being as tough." And that's true. Yeah. But they did what they needed to do against they're those teams, right? Still better I mean, than I thought they did. Notre Dame's schedule I mean they lost to Marshall and Stanford, right? I mean, UCLA didn't lose to the, or USC didn't lose to those teams. They've done what they needed to do. And so this is going to be this is going to be a challenge for Notre Dame, and they're going to have to play, they're going to have to bring their A game. You're not going to walk in there play your B minus game against USC and win this game. You're just not. You're going to need to bring your A game. Will they do it? Find out. And we'll find out. I hope so. But this is going to be a well schemed USC offense. It's going to be a a an aggressive USC defense. I won't say well schemed, but an aggressive USC defense. Notre Dame is going to have to have a great game plan. They're going to have to execute it. They're going to have to play physical. And they're going to ha- – and here's the thing. Playing Notre Dame football is going to entail taking USC out of their game. Can they do that? I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. But I, I think these keys that we discussed are the ways that Notre Dame can get that done. So that's going to do it for this portion of the show. We do have some questions, and we, we will have some super chats. So if you want to get those questions in now, get them in now. We don't have a ton right now, but we do have some super chats. So we're going to get to those here uh, in a minute. But before we do, Vince, people need to hit that like button. 
need to hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for the message boards. Oh, I can't even point to it because I got something else different. Boards at irishbreakdown.com is how you sign up there. And then check out our main website, which is irishbreakdown.com. And if you're listening via podcast, please give us a five-star review. And if you have not done so yet, you're going to want to subscribe to the CFB Nation channel. Right now, we're bringing all those feeds into the Irish Breakdown feed for now. That's eventually not going to continue or eventually going to just have those exist only on the CFB Nation channel. So make if you love the content there, and it's great content in my opinion, uh, with the exception of the playoff show today because I was on it uh, with Bill Bender. But Bill did a great job anyway. But the Lucky Lefty pod is great. The CFB All-American pod is great. John Garcia's got he's got a recruiting show that I'm going to cut up and put up for tomorrow. Uh, kind of talking about all the quarterback dominoes that are falling. He's going to obviously talk about Kenny Minchie as part of that as well, because that was a pretty big domino for Notre Dame and and for college, because you know, obviously he's the number 80 player in the country on the SI 99, uh, which is what John puts together. So you're definitely going to want to, uh, you're going to definitely want to check all that out and, and be a part of what we're doing at CFB Nation. So before we move on to the mailbag, I just want to thank everybody. If you are checking out now, and we don't want you to check out, stay for the mailbag, because sometimes that's the most fun part of what we do. Um, if you're going to check out, hey, happy Thanksgiving. And, and if you're listening to this podcast via podcast platform, it's already Thursday and it already is going to be Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, enjoy your family. We are very thankful at Irish Breakdown for all of you. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. I truly mean that. You know, Vince and I were talking recently about how the insane growth we've had in two years, yeah. really in the last year. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about, you know, geez, you know, we're we're just hoping we can figure out how to make some money with this thing someday so we can keep doing it and not have to get real jobs, or at least I don't have to get a real job. <laughs> and and um, we're here now because of y'all. And, you know, it's it's been a ton of fun, man. And um, we're just getting started. But we are truly, genuinely thankful to you all. I mean, Vince was – where were you today, Vince? The dentist today? And somebody came up and said they love the show. Eye doctor. Eye yeah. doctor. Yeah. And I, we're so humbled by that and so thankful for that that, 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 that we have people to watch, but also people that – care enough and invest it's like yeah, we, exactly. we said we wanted to build a community like a family and, and i think we've done that and and we've even welcomed in some you know roger dodger he's been on the show this week but we've seen him before he's been oh, in yeah. the chat before yeah uh archer or you know ladarius smart and our the alabama fan i haven't seen antoine in a while the michigan fan I haven't seen him in a couple weeks so maybe he's getting ready for uh for the ohio state game and he's just locked in but <laughs> you know but it's it's a family right and and it's a community and we we pray for each other we talk we talk ball with each other and, and uh, it's been, it's gone beyond my wildest dreams this early y'all. And it's because of you, it's because of all of you. So I, we want to thank you very, very much. And I think now is there's no better time than say that than now uh, on Thanksgiving, because that is definitely something that we're thankful for. So we want to, we want to thank you all very much and wish all of you a very, very happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>